Good afternoon, Rich Das, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, where we talk about anything and everything that's of interest to an embedded developer. I am here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Clay Johnson, who is the CEO and co-founder of CashQ Systems. How you doing, Clay? I'm doing well, Rich. Good to talk to you. Same here, same here. So you and I have known each other for a while, but in full disclosure, I'm not that familiar with CashQ. Just give me the 30-second elevator pitch on, on CashQ. Sure, no problem. So CashQ started in about three and a half years ago, and we have developed a software development platform that allows software developers to take standard high-level language like C and compile that to get it to run across essentially heterogeneous compute platforms, which could be processors, processors plus FPJ, or multi-core devices if you want to just target something like an x86 or ARM. Excellent. So what intrigued me and what led to this discussion was something I saw where you seem to have a solution to this problem that we've had since the beginning of microcontrollers, where it's hard to write your code without hardware. Um, and it's this constant back and forth of, okay, give me your hardware, give me your software, give me your hardware, give me your software, fine tune it, you tweak it here. And you seem to have something that allows that to really happen in parallel, whereas people just say it happens in parallel. Am I paraphrasing that correctly? You are paraphrasing that correctly because what we've done is you can just take standard unmodified code and um, go through a standard development flow and just make sure it works. And then once you make sure it works, then you can say, okay, I'm gonna target a particular platform. And that platform might just be a processor that's an embedded processor. And you can target it and you can run on that processor and it might work fine. Or you might exceed your power budget, you might not get adequate performance. And so then you can take that code and, and target a different platform. And that could be something that includes an FPGA in it if you need additional acceleration. You could target it towards a low power FPGA if you need a, if your power budget is less. Or if you need acceleration, you could say, hey, I've got a multi-core processor in my embedded system. I wanna run across multiple cores as opposed to a single core. So take that, run it, compile it so it runs across multiple cores, get higher performance and maybe achieve what you need from a performance point of view. So yeah, so the key thing is start from a single source, validate that it functionally works, and then target appropriate hardware in terms of what you need from a power performance point of view. So do you have specific hardware that's been validated in your, in your library, doing air quotes around library, or is it just agnostic and it could be any hardware? Well, it's not completely agnostic. Um, in some cases, it can be, um, I'll call it agnostic hardware, because if you're talking something like a processor plus an attached FPGA card via PCIe, you need a software stack that goes with that, right? So we have that software stack, but software stacks specific to the kind of processor and the particular FPGA, for example, Xilinx Alveo boards. So we support and have validated things with processors plus Alveo boards. Similarly, you have something different with um, embedded devices where you have monolithic silicon. 
i.e. I've got ARM processors on the same piece of silicon as FPGA fabric. In that case, you've got a different connection and therefore you have a different software stack. But we've validated our technology on, on Xilinx Zinc devices, also um, microchips coming out with a device that has a RISC-V core plus FPGA fabric. And we actually have validated and run on that. If you're talking multi-core processors, then you're just talking a standard processor that runs Linux. And in that particular case, we validated on x86, which is both Intel and AMD, ARM devices. We've also validated on RISC-V. We've also validated on M1, which obviously is the latest processor that's used by Apple. Mm -hmm. So much of, of the code that people are using today is open source and it's, it's already been validated. Does that take away the need for what you guys do? Uh, I don't think so because there's a lot of companies that add their own secret sauce. If the only thing companies did was take pre-existing libraries, they're not gonna differentiate themselves much. So your platform has to be able to take code that's specifically written, it's not a standard library, but the secret sauce from some company um, and what adds value to their product. So it's not sufficient just to be able to take standard validated libraries. You should be able to incorporate those in like standard C library, but you've also got to be able to take what that software application developer has written themselves and be able to use that within the, you know, you have to be able to consume that within your development platform. Okay, so the, the piece that I'm, I'm still not getting is, what is your product? How do you make money? What, what's your business model? Ah, so you can think of us as a very sophisticated compiler. So take high-level language, ultimately generate an executable. And that could be a processor executable, or if we want to get down in the weeds, the bitstream that gets loaded into an FPGA. But if I'm running, say, Simple example, say I'm running on an x86 that has 16 cores. What gets generated out of our system is essentially a compiled executable that can be run on multiple cores on that, that particular device. But beyond that, you also have to have analysis tools, profiling tools that allow you to see what has actually happened here. Where do I have bottlenecks? How can I resolve those bottlenecks? So we have a development platform that consists of compiling and analytical tools. We know that it's pretty hard to get a developer to switch compilers. Um, you have to have something that's head and shoulders or what we call a step function ahead of the, of the competition. Are you saying that that's you? That's me, correct. So I'll give you an example. Um, so the way a number of people get parallel code or multi-threaded code today is they use something called OpenMP. So you can go and look at OpenMP. OpenMP has been around for decades. And what you do is you add a bunch of pragmas and stuff into your code and you try to get, figure out how to make it work. All right, so you have to be an OpenMP expert to do that. In our particular case, don't add any pragmas, run through the tool with the option, I wanna run multi-threaded and it'll generate your executable. And it will generate better or comparable results to OpenMP. So yes, we are head and shoulders above the other things that are out there in the market. Okay, I'm gonna take your word for it for now. 
Okay. But, uh, I'll be checking in with the audience to see if what you're saying is actually true. So thank you very much, Clay. I appreciate you taking the time. All right, Rich. Good talking to you again. That was Clay Johnson. He is the CEO and co-founder of Cash Two Systems, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.